friends, welcome to another episode of Let's Not. I'm Sam. And I'm Michelle. So we kind of have a format that we yeah. think we're going to hang on to. A little, mm-hmm. We're going to do a little rotation. Yep. So we're going to, we're probably going to do like a deeper episode where maybe it's a little heavier. Then we're going to lighten it up the next time so that it's a little bit more fun and carefree. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it'll be like a recap of usually probably a documentary but maybe some other things too so that way we have like a rotation of three different episodes yeah so if there's like a documentary maybe or like a show or something that you've seen that maybe you would like us to cover maybe there's a deep topic Mm, yeah fun topic yeah throw throw it all our way for our own mental health we can't be heavy all the time we like to lighten it up (laughs) (laughs) like flashback to two hours ago where I'm like crying (laughs) on your couch. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) Save it for the next episode though. All right. With that being said, for this week's episode, we are going to be getting into, it came out this year just recently. It is called Woodstock 99, Love, Peace, and Rage. Rage. (laughs) But before that... We're just going to do our usual catch up. And thanks again, Michelle, for editing the episode. I really, (laughs) I really appreciate that so much um, while I was on vacation. Yeah. Let me, tell me all about it. So vacation was great, you guys. Like it was, I don't even remember the town in Vermont, but just driving there made me think of Kansas so much. Um, with mountains and stuff, but it was just really nice. My friend Jason and Ashley, Ashley's parents have this cute little lake house that's really nice. Um, and we got on the boat, we went out onto the lake, took Raven swimming. She had such a great time. Did she was, go swimming? So we walked down into the lake and she just kind of like stood there and okay. just walked around right. a little bit, but I think she was a little nervous. I used to take her to the lake a lot, but it was just a nice, a nice quiet time. And I just want to go live in a cabin Mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. and just not have anything around me. That's nice. It was nice. How was your weekend? Um, it was good. Nothing really eventful happened, but I did want to tell you about Ichabod being a real piece of shit yesterday. Stop it. I don't believe you. Look at him. He's, oh gosh, he just ran away. (laughs) Look at him. He's, it's not good, Sam. What do you mean? So, Mia, I told you that Mia came over yesterday. And she brought the girls um, because Nick was going to pick them up on his way home because Mm -hmm. it's, like, on the way. So, they were here for, like, honestly a half an hour. And within this half an hour, you know, uh, Maeve plays with the cat. She has a cat at home. Dottie's fine. You know Dottie. Ichabod can be a little skittish. I don't know. He just, you can tell he hunkers down and he like will hiss and whatever. I've always said to everybody, like they don't swipe, they don't bite. Like they'll hiss and they'll leave. Mm -hmm. Literally, we didn't look at her for one second. She was in here. Ichabod was on a computer chair. We were on the couch. Harper, her older sister, was in here with her. Harper came over to say something to us and all we hear is the loudest wail. And we look over and Maeve is on the floor on her butt right here next mm-hmm. to the computer chair. Mm-hmm. And she had come in here to play with Kitty. Yeah. And so I'm just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And like, so uh, Mia comes in, grabs her. I'm like, did he get her? Like, did he actually swipe at her? And she was like, yeah, it looks like he swiped out her face. So I was like, oh no. And I look at Maeve's face. There is a scratch right underneath her eye that's about, like, an inch and a half long. Like, she looks like fucking Scar from Lion King. Oh my gosh, Michelle. My stomach was in my ass. I was just like, oh no. So, I picked up Ichabod by the scruff. He swiped her so good. And just one. Michelle, Just one little claw right down the eye. I cannot believe that. Well, and, like, I feel like, you know, Ichabod just, I don't think he likes other people. I think he no. just likes to be left alone, which some yeah. cats are like that. But he used to not be like that, and that's what bums me out. Maybe he just feels a little unloved. No, he just, there's somebody up in his space that he doesn't know. Because even if Jake were to do that, yeah. he would never swipe. I don't know. But, yeah. And then it's funny because Dottie came in here and then started batting at Ichabod right after it happens. <laughs> oh, and I was just like, what is happening right now? <laughs> 
But Dottie also goes crazy if, like, she hears cat meows, like kitten meows. Mm -hmm. She will rub her face up against my phone, and she starts, like, freaking out, and I think she's looking for the kitties. So I think Maeve crying like that, she was just like, you fucked up, bro. Oh, shit. Because usually Ichabod is beating on Dottie, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Damn, Dottie. Now she came in here and popped him twice in the face. What did Mia say? They're like, she gets scratched before by the cat. Like, it's fine. She'll learn, like, not to do that. Yep. But I just felt bad. Like, you don't want a kid getting hurt in your house. Well, no. But, I mean, it's hard, too, because she's really young. So it's yeah. like she can't tell when a cat's like, get out of about, my space. Yeah, yeah. About to swipe. But thankfully, like, it didn't catch her in the eyeball. I hope not. I yeah. was just like, oh, that fucker got her right in the eye. Yeah. It, like, the scratch literally wow. started two like millimeters the, what is below. That, the water line. The water yeah. line, yeah. Wow. It was bad. I felt so bad. And she was just wailing. Yeah. Well, and two, it's, it's a lot scarier, too. And, like, when kids get yeah. scared, that's mm-hmm. why. Not that it didn't hurt her, but. No. And she, like, she was, like, fine within, like, two minutes. Yeah. Mia just gave her some Nutella. And she seemed to, like. This is everything. I know. <laughs> she really turned it around. But it was a good scratch. Yikes. So Ichabod's a bad boy. Oh, Ichabod, and I'm glad that Maeve's okay, though. Yeah. If you guys did not catch last week's episode, I highly Michelle highly recommends it as well, but I highly, highly recommend it. Like, it is just such a good time. What is? Our last episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what did we recommend in that episode? <laughs> no, we recommend you going yeah. back to listen to that episode. It was a fun one. Mm-hmm. I feel like we could have went on for hours yeah. about all the things. And we've realized it's uh, Nepal. What the fuck is Neapolitan. it? Neapolitan. <laughs> Neapolitan ice cream. Yeah. And guess what? what? As soon as Jake walked through the house, he was like, yeah, I was listening to the podcast. It sounds good, but just so you know, it's Neapolitan ice cream. I was just like smiling. And he was like, what are you smiling about? I was like, I audio messaged Sam saying, the first thing Jake's going to tell me about the yep. podcast is that it's not Napoleon ice cream, it's Neapolitan. Because yeah. he finds every mistake I've ever said. Oh my gosh. Well, he just, I always. Does he tell you my mistakes too? He's corrected you a few times it's too. Sam, Jake. <laughs> Now we are friends. Shit. He'll be like, just let Sam know that it's whatever. And you're like, I can't let her know because she'll no. cry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how many times I have to talk her off a ledge? You're like, I'll just edit that word Take she that says out. weird <laughs> out next time. <laughs> whatever you know. happens. I just like that you asked me like, is it Neapolitan? Is it, what is it? And I was like, matter of fact. No, Napoleon. 100%. Oh, real quick. I wanted to update you guys on the doctor appointment process i have my first appointment next week so i'll keep you updated it's just the eye doctor i figured i would start with that one because hopefully it's the least painful one it shouldn't be painful at all (laughs) (laughs) i want you to know that going in that they shouldn't be hurting you (laughs) i haven't been to an eye doctor since i was like in middle school yeah and i even tried to lie Mm -hmm. so i could get glasses because i wanted glasses at the time same but didn't work Mm-mm. they know so wish me luck and i'll keep you guys posted on how it goes can't wait to hear wait you have a doctor's appointment coming up too oh uh, yeah is it next week already i get my cast off well that's so exciting so the cast is coming off mm-hmm. you're getting a boot mm-hmm. but you still can't put weight on it for like no. another four weeks yeah i can put some weight on it if i need to like if i need to like stand but mm-hmm. keep all my weight on my other leg but it can rest down you know that's and exciting. kind of balance me uh, but I'll still be using the scooter. It'll just be nice to be able to take it off mm-hmm. and let my fucking leg breathe. Yeah. I just can't. I can't wait until the cast comes off and then you can take a picture of, like, it creeps me out, like, how small it, mm-hmm. the arm or the leg becomes yeah. after it gets the cast taken off. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I can already tell that it's going to be small. It is so white, so hairy. Even like my upper thigh, I was looking at both of my thighs the other day. Mm-hmm. And I think because this one's pulling a little bit more muscle to like lift it, it's like super toned on the top muscle. Whereas this leg just seems toned all over. Yeah. So to give you guys a disclaimer, we are going to be talking about sexual assault, mm-hmm. molestation. Yeah. If you're sensitive to that, maybe skip this episode and mm-hmm. we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah. Alrighty, alrighty. So the documentary, like we mentioned, um, is available through HBO, even HBO Max. Mm -hmm. And then also if you have like the premium premium subscription through Hulu, 
that also includes the HBO. Oh, okay. You can get it. I don't know if there's yeah. also an HBO Max on Hulu. They were wanting to recreate the good old Woodstock that we know of, and mm-hmm. then they did one in 94, which went decent. Yep. So that's why they were like, let's bring it back in five years. And this was 1999. It's, TRL yeah. days, Limp Bizkit, Corn, mm-hmm. Rage Against the Machine. Yep. Also in sync, Britney. Backstreet Boys were coming up on the scene. It was like the pop versus the new metal. New metal. But I think the thing with TRL is that they were all sharing one platform for like the first time, which people didn't like because MTV was always like the counterculture alternative music. And then all of a sudden it seemed like, you know, your little sister is what they said was Mm -hmm. the target audience all of a sudden. So it seems like people were upset. Yeah. (laughs) I guess I was probably like... I don't know. I just didn't look at it like that. Mm-mm. I'm just like, they they cover whatever music is popular yeah. at that time and whatever's yeah. trending. So, I don't know. Maybe relax for a second. <laughs> um, so, when I think of Woodstock, me going back to 1999, like just seeing what I saw on TV and MTV yeah. news, I was never like, oh, I want to go to that. I was like, that looks scary as fuck. Uh-huh. And I figured it was for 30-something-year-olds, not mm-hmm. like teenagers and people in their 20s. I thought it was mm-hmm. older for some reason because I was young and I just assumed yeah. that. But they said that it was geared towards young men 20 to 24. Mm-hmm. But that demographic is, uh, especially when you're just listening to Limp Biscuit and Corn, and that's like your deal. Mm-hmm. It's not the most peaceful, laid back yeah. dude. They said it was very frat boy. It felt frat boy, but also felt like very like incel too. Michelle, Ugh. that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Did you not have a mom? Did you not have sisters? I mean, we'll <laughs> we'll get into them a lot deeper. It seemed like a very garbage group of people that were there. Mm-hmm. It starts off with a little montage of we're getting into Woodstock '99. Lit, my own worst enemy is playing in the background, which was the jam. It was the jam, but not my. I didn't love. No. It. Oh, I burned it on a few CDs, and I would just listen to it in my car. Oh, I burned it on a few CDs. Oh, please tell me why. There you go. That song. <laughs> um, and they're, like, kind of setting the scene. It's, like, radio clips of upcoming Woodstock 99. Like, it's going to be hot out there, guys. Like, make sure you're prepared. They're also doing clips of, like, Y2Ks and, like, mm. the environment. It's the whole impeachment scandal just happened. Yeah. Um, everyone's excited though, and also the economy is doing great, and it's like super low unemployment. I think that was crazy to yeah. hear. Well, that's what I always remember. So that's been like the last time that it was ever the lowest. Yeah. Wow. I just always remember the Clinton times, besides the impeachment, being like really good. Like mm-hmm. nothing bad happens. I feel like after nine eleven is when I was like, oh, everything sucks. Yeah. But anyway. But anyway, it was great economy, low unemployment, and I feel like they tell you that to then later on be like why is everyone so angry for the most part things are fine (laughs) why are you this fucking angry and then they go back to Woodstock 94 and Cranberry's Dream is playing in the background that was my jam R.I.P. Yeah, and they, like, talk about how well that went, how it really was a bridge between 69 and 94. Pretty much the same people that went to Woodstock 69 were now going back to this one with their kids that mm-hmm. were around 18, 20. A great lineup. They were like, let's do this again in five years. And I would 100% have wanted to go to 94. Yeah, yeah, same here. It looked great. They bring it up later again, too, where just in the 90 decade, like in the beginning of the 90s, it was very Kurt Cobain and like progressive. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a lot of men that were raised by single moms, people that came up in feminism, and they were just a little bit more in touch. They were talking about LGBT rights and all this yeah. stuff. And then by the end of the 90s, it's all, like, misogyny and, like, very hateful, aggressive mm-hmm. lyrics. Like, I mean, Eminem alone, every song is about murdering a woman. Yeah. Not that, and I don't believe in the correlation of, like, music made me Same. shoot my whole school up. Like, I don't think that. But if that's just, like, your whole, like, I just feel tense. Yeah. I feel like a lot of white teenage young adult men were just constantly with their shoulders up by their ears Mm -hmm. and it's like why it turns into lord of the flies by the end of day three three three-day festival friday 
The festival begins. It's at an old Air Force in Rome, New York. Community was super into it because the Air Force had closed. That was like a big part of their economy. The community painted this two mile long mural around the whole place. So everyone's super stoked that it's coming to town. The lineup, Kid Rock, DMX, Korn, Rage Against the Machine, Metallica, Limp Bizkit, Insane Clown Posse. I had to look up because I thought that they were going back to Woodstock 69. It's James Brown. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, they must be doing a flashback. And I was like, oh no, this is modern. This is right happening right now. So they do another like montage about how everyone's drunk, everyone's naked, everyone's happy. They talk about the security for a minute. Yeah. The peace patrol. Yep. Which none of them were security guards. No. Uh, later we find out that most of them, after they got their shirts and their lanyards, just tossed out their shirts, took, grabbed their lanyards, and then just joined the concert. Mm -hmm. And so there was not really much of a security. If anyone brought their own food or drinks, the security was told to take all of that out. But of course, if they were slid like a $20, mm -hmm. they, the people coming in could keep the drugs in their yeah. bags. So pretty much they wanted to enforce that you spent as much money there as possible. Also becomes an issue because... People didn't have access to water. It was about, uh, it felt like 110 degrees. You're at an Air Force, so you're just on asphalt. You're moshing. Yeah. You're just drinking copious amounts of alcohol. It's hot as fuck. And you're on drugs. They were talking about, at the beginning, the people, people find tent of where if you oh lost your God. friend, you would go to, everyone knew to go to this tent. I would be so anxious if I was the one to get lost. Yeah. Because then also they just do pickup shots of all these people, and it's, so flat and there's just hundreds of thousands of sea of people it's like how would you ever you find never, somebody again no thank god they had the wherewithal for that lost tent and also the lost tent just had a cork board where you could leave notes for people yeah it, it seemed real dire i mean like it seems kind of fun but i'm yeah. like i would hate i would hate oh, life oh no Especially if you get lost right at the beginning and then for three days you're just like, oh man. Mike Belang, who's the co-founder, he's described as Willy Wonka. I don't know. He looks exactly the same as he did 40 years ago. He just seemed like a dude that liked music and smoking weed and thought he could put a festival together. They interview some of the people who were artists there. We go to the shot of Moby who's talking about him performing for such a long time, you kind of get the knack of knowing what audience is going to be there and like just mm -hmm. looking at them, you know what kind of vibe they're going to give. He looked at them and just right off the bat, he knew it was like negative and that something was bound to happen. Something so, was bad. Yeah. So you're like, oh shit, what's going to happen? And I've heard of comedians having that. I mean, you just get that sense. It's yeah. like, you know, when you walk on stage, like, oh, this is a heckling crowd or mm -hmm. this, you know, I would have that same assumption walking mm -hmm. into that place. Oh my gosh. Like it was just, I don't, I can't even describe how many people were there. It's just seas and seas of people in one stage. So they said, so there was 350,000 attendees and 10,000 security guards, which that number is so drastic alone. And then if half of them just did it so that they could get into the concert and then actually didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. The first artist that they show is DMX. <sighs> and before they get into like what was wrong, uh -huh. I'm I'm just watching this and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Like, I didn't even know that was going to be the point they were talking uh -huh. about. Everyone says that this was one of his best performances. Yes. Yeah. He's like yelling to the crowd of like these mostly fucking white people. Oh, white. Even before the song started, I was like, that is the whitest crowd I've ever seen. I know. Seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this issue happens. Yeah. But continue. <laughs> so in his song, he is using the N-word. It's in the song. So like. They're singing with him. So yeah. he's singing his part and then he puts the mic out. And they're all just yelling back this fucked My up. My N-word. Yeah. And it's like, they say it over and over, and he's just going back and forth, just performing. And I'm like, hello? Yeah. Like, it, it is the back and forth that he is wanting. Like, he is expecting them to say it. Mm -hmm. But also in my head, I'm thinking most DMX shows are probably largely black audiences where that's just yeah. how he performs it. But these people had no issue whatsoever no just issue. screaming that at the top you of their lungs. You could just hear it. Like, it was uh -huh. clear as day. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. It's exactly it what they were dark. saying. I was just like, I wanted him to end that song. And then Chris Hansen just walks out, like, to catch a predator <laughs> and just like, you're all arrested. Exactly. Oh my <laughs> we have God. you all on film and we're sending this to your employers. Yep. The whole theme of this thing is the mob mentality mm -hmm. of just, 
everyone else is doing it. They go to a clip of Rosie Perez coming out on stage, mm-hmm. just asking how everyone's doing. And all of a sudden, all these men are yelling, show us your tits. Show us your tits. Mm-hmm. Why are you yeah. on like a level 100? Not that they can ask that later on. That's uh-huh. not what I'm saying. But I'm just like, she's literally just walking out yeah. there about to present the next person. Like It's 12.30 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> and no, you're not going to be seeing her tits. And no, she's, she's like, like, fuck off. Yeah, I loved that. She's like, I ain't showing you shit. No. <laughs> and then, of course, they like compare. There's a few clips of Girls Gone Wild, which is like huge at the time. It's so huge. The whole Clinton Lewinsky thing is happening where he just completely bulldozed that woman. And mm-hmm. somehow he was given a huge pass and she was the biggest slut that's ever lived. They talk about how disposable women are. And there were a lot of women with their tits out. Like, they mm-hmm. didn't have shirts on. It was very much... I think they wanted that Woodstock feeling of like free love and I'm, I can be free with myself. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, men take that as like, oh, you're free with your tits out. I can grab at them. Not, oh, you're free with your tits out. I want to be free too. Like, let me take off my, like, sure. Take off your pants. A lot of people were naked, but like, because I want to be free with my body doesn't mean it's open to you. I don't know where that breakdown happens. No. Throughout this whole thing, just a lot of fucking groping. And it was so uncomfortable. It's disgusting to watch. Like, they're literally, like, savages looking for a turkey leg Mm because they haven't eaten for, like, three years. Their whole face lights up whenever they see a tit. And it's, like, really, bro. It's so gross. And it's, like, you really need to grab at this stranger woman's tit. Like, that's something that needs to happen right now. And you can see some girls are like, yeah, I'm in this. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm having a good time. It's not bothering me. But you see a lot of other women that are, like, swiping hands away. Like, don't touch me. It's one thing if it's like, we're all partying. Like, fuck yeah, free love. But if somebody's being like, don't fucking touch me, Mm. don't fucking touch her. Offspring comes out, and Mm -hmm. they even had to do, like, a little a PSA, yes. You know, they're seeing a lot of girls that are crowd surfing and... The lead singer's like, if you could just give them a pass, them crowd surfing is not a reason for you to molest no. them. So fucking give them a relax. break is what he yeah. says. He's like, give them a break. Stop. Gro- we are seeing a lot of groping happening. Thank God. I'm I'm even shocked that a man back then had the wherewithal to be like, listen, bro, like mm-hmm. chill the fuck out because that's what's needed. Yeah, that's what like women mean when they say like, be an ally, be a feminist with me, like. Call out other Mm -hmm. dudes when they're being pieces of shit or else it doesn't stop because they don't, dudes like that don't listen to women. Yeah, and it's like, I know it can be uncomfortable. I kind of felt like he looked a little uncomfortable saying that. I was going to ask you. I'm like, he looks uncomfortable. But it's like, you just have to say something and then once you say something, everyone else gets uncomfortable because they're like, oh shit, I'm a fucking asshole. I thought this this was like free reign. Yeah, exactly. Did you have a crush on any of these bands who was i thinking uh west borland i had a huge crush on from limp biscuit mm-hmm. he was such a fucking weirdo and then besides that i didn't actually know who live was they played earlier in the day but the lead singer of live was a little dreamboat oh i'll have to look him up i don't remember oh, them Watch he looked like that. justin Theroux. i was like oh. who are you but I think that was it. You uh, didn't have a crush on the lead singer of Corn. I did. I thought he was so cute. Then I guess DMX. Like, I had a crush on DMX. Yeah. He was so good looking. Yeah, he was. Fucking hated Ja Rule so much. I was like, <gasps> you're just biting on his steez. Oh, like, get out of here. Little Ja Rule. Ugh. There's a guy who goes, and he's talking about him and his friend, Dave. Yeah. And we're introduced to the voice, a voice of Dave. It's Through not his journals. Him. Yeah, yeah, his journals, because he's journaling while he's at this awesome event just talking about what bands he's excited to see uh-huh. what albums he wa- he's wanting to buy spoiler alert he is dead by the end of this yeah so r.i.p dave i r.i.p dmx yes <laughs> who else r.i.p Vern troyer oh yeah porn um, was the last band on friday night mm. it was just insane like he literally was like giving it his all and he ended up passing out after performing but he talked about they even had three sets of different pa sound systems connected because it was so big and then he said that just like whenever it would be the hook on his song you can just see the whole like sea of people like just bumping up and down like waves I was just like oh my god I was so blown away by that you could tell how far everyone was back because the sound was always delayed Mm -hmm. and so that's why it gave like the it's like waves crashing yeah what must that feel like performing in front of 
That many people. That many people. It was insane. I was like, oh, shit. See, I was on the other ass side of it because I never think of myself being on a stage and performing for people. (laughs) So I'm in the crowd. Yeah. This is where my head is. (laughs) I've been in mosh pits before. With the heat, with the dehydration, with everything that was happening, with 300,000 bodies on top of you moshing, and also you don't have cell phones or anything, I was like... What if you fall? Like, you're just dead. You're and trampled to death. It, that was terrifying to me. And we do an EMT named Dave, I believe his name is. Comes Shout in. out to Dave. Dave, you know, Dave ran a comb through his hair before yeah. he came. He yep. came to fucking be a reliable narrator. Yes. <laughs> um, he was an EMT on site, and he was saying they had a thousand transports out a day with dehydration, mostly hypothermia. You know, there's just, like, no access to water and all this shit. And you can just imagine when you're dancing that hard and it's mm-hmm. 100 degrees out and you're just punching people. That's what a mosh pit is. It's yeah. like you are just bashing people. Pit of anger. Also, Dave said that he um, he worked a lot of, like, natural disasters like Hurricane Katrina. He said that Woodstock was the greatest disaster that he's Whoa, ever, yeah. like, been a part yeah. of. And I'm like, that's crazy to me. That's insane. All right, so we're on to Saturday. We are opened with the show with Wyclef. So a lot of these bands, they try to make nods to Woodstock 69, but it's completely going over everybody's heads because they don't give a shit what Woodstock meant, who was there, what the fuck. And so Wyclef does the Star Spangled Banner because I'm I'm almost 100% sure Jimi Hendrix did mm-hmm. it. So he starts off his show like that and then tries to set it on fire because I'm pretty sure that also happens. And it is the most pathetic. It Like, they're trying so hard to light this fucking guitar on fire and it is not happening, but he's still trying to play it too. Yeah, and I think they end up burning a pizza box on oh, top of it. Oh, they put a pizza. It was in just... In hopes that the guitar eventually oh. catches on fire. It was the perfect analogy for this festival compared to... 69. We also get Bush who comes out and does a little nod to the original Woodstock, but no one gets it. The audience was too young. It just, there was, was no, it didn't connect with them. It didn't connect. And then also, I'm not sure if we mentioned at the top, but this was also being covered by MTV and it was on pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, so of course MTV is like asking, like, you know, interviewing attendees and stuff like that. They're trying to ask them Woodstock questions. They're all just like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Stop making mm-hmm. fetch happen. It Exactly. <laughs> it's never going to happen. And fucking Moby even says it. He's like, this should have been called like Army Base Rock Tour 99. Like this had nothing to do with Woodstock. The whole reason Moby is there is because he was told he was going to play Woodstock. And when he gets there, he's like, what the fuck is this lineup? We meet a man named John Shear, which is the, he was a promoter of this Woodstock. And he's a real piece of shit. Throughout the whole thing, he's there to pretty much be like, it wasn't our fault. Like, we did as much as we could. There was just a few knuckleheads or whatever. He tries to spin it that MTV was just, like, being media hungry and, like, making it a lot worse than it was and they were acting like they were in a war zone. But it's like, well, I remember when Dave, the EMT on site, said that it was worse than fucking Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. So, I don't know, John. Yeah, John. With everyone passing out because dehydration. So, then we get to the point that we... The people there are being charged $4 a water when the beer was the same price. So everyone's like, why not get the beer instead of the water? Which, Michelle, you might disagree with me. You're telling me none of these people brought like $30 cash, $50 cash for the whole weekend? Yeah. Like, you thought everything was going to be free? No. Well, I could see if you thought maybe you were going to bring your shit in, and then they took it at the okay. gate. Okay. Okay. You're but right about I'm that. sure I'm sure it was told beforehand, like, no outside food or drink, and they were trying to get away yeah. with it. But nowadays, $4 for water does not seem outrageous. I feel like in 99... I mean, which is too bad that it doesn't yeah, seem outrageous, but it's like... I know. And also, John, once again, tries to act like they had all this access to water. They had water fountains. They had showers. There was more than enough water for everyone that was there without having to buy it, is what he says. Mind you, they let you know that immediately there's lines around the block for these, like, water bins. People are showering in them. Like, there's now soap in the water. It is no longer drinkable. The porta potty situation is done by Friday night. There's just sewage everywhere. They're breaking open the water line to get access to the water before it gets to the soap bins. Mm -hmm. It's a fucking mess. 
I died because I remember seeing pictures and footage of people covered in mud from Mm -hmm. this event. Thought it was just mud, and they're jumping in the mud. You see them splash, and they're like jumping on their asses, having Uh, a great time. And it's literally like shit that they're in. And also, I was telling Jake, I was like, okay, well, you're playing in mud literally right next to the porto potties. That's, I would be suspect about it anyway. I thought that too. I'm like, hello. Gross. Yeah. Garbage. And they also talked about pretty much everywhere was just pissed on. Like, there yeah. was no clean spot. No, well, the porta potties were unusable mm-hmm. that first day. If guys have no problem groping women, sexually assaulting them, raping them, we find out, mm-hmm. they have no problem whipping their dick out to just pee right in front of them. Like, they're not going over to the side. Good old Kid Rock. Uh-huh. He does a little shout out to Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton. He says, Monica is a hoe and Bill Clinton is a fucking pimp. He goes, you guys want me to get political? Well, this is how deep I get. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no one A asked and B, you're as deep as a fucking puddle. So fuck you, Kid Rock. Yeah, mom. I know you listen to this podcast. <laughs> then we get Alanis. And I Aww. loved that. I got like what little goosebumps. Could feel that she puts on a good show. So I'm kind of Yeah, remiss. she had a good vibe. Yeah. yeah. So Alanis, Jewel, and Cheryl Crow were the only female performers and they were each split up so there's one per day they were saying they're like this isn't a crossover audience like people that are there for corn and limp biscuit are not there for jewel so who is here for jewel the rest of the lineup after alanis for that night is limp biscuit rage against the machine and metallica so it's like how do those four things fit in we have fucking john again being like well we didn't have a quota for females we just put people who belong there it's like Obviously, you did have a quota, because why else would you book these three female performers? Pretty much, Alanis is like, I don't know, it's really weird, because the festival, there was no purpose. There wasn't, like, a mission where, like, Woodstock's all about peace and love and getting out of the war, and, like, there's just, this was just, like, a rage fest. Yeah, rage fest indeed, and they also show a clip of a guy talking about how the rules of society, he said something that was fucked up. I think he said, like, the rules of society, like, don't pertain here. Yes, and I'm like, what? It was it was a free for all. The Limp Biscuit set just erupts in riots. His whole song is like just fucking break something, and so they yeah. just start tearing down the PA towers. They're just breaking whatever they can get their hands on, and just fighting each other. And you know what? I love Rage Against the Machine. I liked them back then. Mm-hmm. Like Rage, out of all of these bands, to be honest, I was listening to Rage and DMX. And Alanis, but that was it. So after the Limp Biscuit performance, then they had the night tent, like the rave tent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like all day you're in the fucking sun, tired mm-hmm. from Friday, drunk from Friday. So much rage. I was so scared watching this. Oh, my God. I even put on my notes, I'm scared. Help. <laughs> LOL. Oh, hell no. <laughs> everyone goes to the rave tent and you're just doing drugs Mm -hmm. just like partying all night just constant which exhaustion itself makes you a crazy person oh yeah shout out to my boy moby after he did his set because they were supposed to stay all weekend he's like yeah we're leaving he's like something is not no this isn't gonna end right and you'll see how it ends let's get into sunday who wakes up that sunday morning and says yeah let's do another day of this i would be ready first thing sunday morning i would hate life and i'd say Mm -hmm. it's time to go home yeah i'd be like let's beat the traffic (laughs) because you've been drinking and partying for two nights straight already you are so fucking dehydrated you're just baking in the sun not to mention let me just tell you what the lineup is for sunday because it's not great it's jewel then creed then red hot chili peppers then megadeth like i'm all set people wake up with that beautiful two mile mural wall that the community came together to paint with the kids so gorgeous Mm -hmm. it is just being torn down by all these angry white dudes for no reason they literally asked them why are you doing this and they said why not why not let's destroy it i want to destroy it they're just screaming this you do have that interspliced with other white dudes being like this is crazy like people spend a lot of time on that which i was like oh you poor beautiful soul Mm -hmm. and other dudes are just like There are just some fucking crazy-ass shithead people here. So there are people that are there that are like, what the fuck is this? This is insane. But the majority of them are just tearing this thing apart. They're grabbing pipes and just bashing things. 
like, what are you getting out of this? It is eight o'clock in the morning. You need help. You need help. Do you have any pets? I hope not. <laughs> it was insane. Um, and so that just like kicks it off. Security is gone at this point. There's no security. <laughs> we hear the story of a girl being carried into like the infirmary tent and she's wearing the EMT's shirt and the guy who sees it doesn't put it together till after like, oh, she was found completely naked. And the EMT is like, watch her. I need to go grab something. Watch her. Um, And she had been sexually assaulted. Uh, So many fucking women were saying that they were just getting their clothes torn off of them. Somebody overheard a group of guys, like, descending on a woman and saying, like, rip her apart. Gross. It's, like, fucking brutal. Guys were, like, slipping their hands in between oh. their legs, shoving bottles up their Whatever they could do. Parts. I, I would be terrified because there was, there was such a mom mentality where it's, like, anything goes. We can do whatever yeah. we want. Her tits are out. Like, she's down. And I don't think that no stop would have done anything for you unless no. somebody else stepped in to help. MTV News even felt unsafe, so they took Mm -hmm. their crew and left. Yep. I thought it was interesting as well. They kept having, like, they would show the shots of kind of a press conference, Mm -hmm. and it's like anytime someone would question it, the two guys, John and, what's his name, Michael, Michael, would just, like, get defensive, and it's like not taking any kind of responsibility, Mm -hmm. and it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? They show a clip of Cheryl Crow and she says that it was just a bunch of white males who were part of the upper class who had been given everything, but I don't know why you're mad. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you raging out? Why are you this mad? Going back to the sexual assault, uh, Liz Paulet Wettengale, who is actually somebody that lives in our community. I've seen her a bunch. Um, She was an attendee and she started like an online anonymous form for people that attended Woodstock 99 to like submit if anything had happened to them. She says that she got dozens upon dozens of stories and literally every single one of them, the woman was questioning herself saying, well, I don't know if I was the one to blame in that situation. And it's, oh, that like made me cry. mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh. I just don't know why it's always put on the woman and not on the man being unable to control himself. Like, you live, we live in a civilized society. What do you mean you can't control your actions so then I have to repress mine? Mm -hmm. That makes no sense. I know that this isn't as serious Mm -hmm. with my example, but it's it's like the whole, like, school dress code when you went to school. It's like, oh, you can't let your bra strap be seen or you can't wear a tank top that's thinner than your three fingers Mm -hmm. because it's like sending the wrong message or like guys don't know how to control themselves and it's like you don't know how to control yourself by seeing a bra strap like and you know where that fucking logic completely falls to shit is lesbians and people that are attracted to women have no problem controlling themselves so why Mm -hmm. can't like i understand if you're sexually attracted to women but that that reasoning loses all value because lesbians aren't like getting all hot and bothered and unable to study because you have a spaghetti strap on so it's 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 like even if there was like say if it was reversed where men like they're topless they can rip their shirt off walking down the street no problem okay if i see an attractive like person like running in shorts or something i'm not gonna like cat call them and fucking act like a pig like because i'm gonna respect them like yeah it just boggles my mind i just don't know where things went yeah wrong i don't i don't get it either sam (laughs) earlier in the weekend there was a nonprofit that was giving out candles because they wanted to do a memorial for columbine which which had happened three months prior So they're giving out these candles and then flash forward back to Sunday, people are trying to light the candles and then eventually it just gets out of control and there's a few little fires here and there and you can see them from the stage. And I thought it was bullshit that John is like, hey guys, let's just take a break. The fire trucks are coming in. They're going to put out the fires and we'll get back to the show. Uh-huh. John, just call it for the shit yeah. show that it is. Yeah. Start getting everyone out of uh-huh. there because these these fires weren't just little fires that were going to take 
10 minutes they to put out. They were huge bonfires. Like, people were throwing full pallets into them. John, like I said, is a fucking piece of shit. I feel like in his head, he's like, well, if we don't finish up Red Hot Chili Peppers and Megadeth, people are going to ask for refunds and I'm not giving anybody a dollar back. So let's get the fires put out and let's get back to this great weekend that we're all having. Mm-hmm. The, the All the kids are having a great time. Mm-hmm. The whole time through this, he's also... He 100% slut shames the women and Mm -hmm. says, like, well, they have their tits out. I've never seen so many promiscuous tits everywhere. So, I mean, they are to kind of blame. Yeah, and what did they think that was going to happen? Yeah. So the state troopers come in. Mm -hmm. We start seeing them come in all nicely, politely, asking people just, hey, man, can you not do that? And can we can we start getting this wrapped up? Yeah. Like, just let's just get on out of here. I know you're having a good time. I know Uh you're drunk. Like, it's cool. More power to you, no man, problem. but let's just wrap it up. And this is after, like, so the fires were started. Huge fires. Several. All over the place. As this is happening, people are just looting all of the vendors and just continuing to riot and riot, steal trashing, and trash. Stealing, breaking the fucking yeah. ATM machine. Uh-huh. I'm like, Trying okay. to take money out of it. It's literally, if you thought it was bad Friday or Saturday, like, this is just like, let's burn this place to the ground as we're walking out. We're all going to hell. And all these people are doing it, and the cops are, you know, just very easily, very mildly, just politely asking them to leave. So then they talk about how obviously that right there is white privilege, Mm -hmm. and if this were a music festival for non-white people, that the... State troopers would not come in being so friendly. They would come in hot and heavy, shooting, pepper spraying. Yeah. It would have been a bloodbath. Yeah. They would have cracked heads. Yep. We got John fucking once again coming in to say it wasn't that bad. It was just a bunch of knuckleheads. Knuckleheads being knuckleheads. All right, Dad. And then they just, they start wrapping it up. You know what? I did notice that a lot of it, they were like trying to blame it on like a lot of societal factors. Like the impeachment was happening and Y2K was looming and all that stuff. And I do like when documentaries do that. Like they kind of tell you what was happening at that time. At that time. I do appreciate that. To be honest, I feel like A, these people just wanted to cause fucking shit and Mm -hmm. B, just provide clean toilets and safe drinking water and a dry area to sleep and nobody gets this rip shit. Mm -hmm. It's literally just the basic necessities and nobody gets to this level of, of infuriated. Yeah. They showed a guy who was talking about uh, that the water was $4 and how mm-hmm. expensive everything was. And he's like, we don't want to pay for anything. We're just trying to, like, have a good time and get drunk and get crazy. He, yeah, he was trying to explain why they were rioting. It was because of the $4 water. So I'm like, you just want to break shit. Yeah. Be honest. Be honest. They also, there was another guy who was talking. He was, like, that bald-headed guy that kind of had the beard. And he oh, was yeah, like, yeah. What did he say? It pissed me off. He said something like, I just did it because everyone else yeah. did. And yep. he just fucking laughed about it. Oh, yeah. I'm like, laughing. What is, like, you should be so embarrassed. Why are you here? I know. <laughs> like, you're embarrassing. He came in right at the, like, the end. He was like, oh, yeah, we were riding. And it was crazy because, like, that's not who I am at all. But everyone else was doing it. And it's like, no, that's how you are. Uh-huh. And I was telling Jake, too, I was like, I just don't understand how there's, like, stadiums and venues and like things that function well beaches that have the showers why with festivals because i always think of fire festival too why is it unable to replicate like you know what you need you know you need bathrooms you know you need showers you know in the football stadium we have this many security guards to this many people like the knowledge is out there Mm -hmm. why does it fall so fucking short at these big fucking things i know it's a bigger thing but well it's because obviously they don't care but yeah because i watched the wrong documentary they actually (laughs) the original one i will tell you the guy who was doing it he went to baseball stadiums he went to a lot of busy events and he said he had a notepad a stopwatch and he would literally time people in the bathroom Mm -hmm. write how many there were and he said he did all of the math and then they just had like dozens upon dozens upon dozens yes. of porta potties. Yeah, I'll get pissed too. I wouldn't like tear things up, but I would just be like, I'm I not just coming leave. back. I'm just leaving. Yeah. yeah, but it is it is kind of fucked up that it's like let's just give them the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're paying for something, 
and you're promised something, you're promised like a dry area to set up camp. Yeah. You're told that there will be like things to buy, there'll be showers provided, there's gonna be a bathroom situation. Mm -hmm. It needs to be that. And you need to have the right numbers of things and you need to have it monitored because like at the end of this they talk about Coachella ninety nine, which was the first Coachella, and how it was like outrageously different it was like clean there was free parking they gave you a bottle of water when you walked in Mm -hmm. and that's all like if you're going to a festival that's all you ask for I know so many people that didn't like went to Lollapalooza Bamboozle and stuff and I used to go to Warp Tour a lot but like nobody gets mad no even if it's hot and it's a shitty day Mm -hmm. as long as those other things are covered people are pretty chill yeah and Joe I was telling Joe about this because he wants to watch this documentary really bad and he was saying that he watched it on pay-per-view. Like, he remembers oh, seeing, wow. like, everything. Yeah. And I'm like, he's like, I wanted to go to that. And I'm like, what? You're, like, a little kid. Like, why would you think this would be fun? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. It just looked so fun. And he was like, but I remember it looked so wild. I don't really remember Woodstock 99, like, seeing it on TV and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I remember, like, all these bands and stuff. Yeah. But I don't think I was tuned in to Woodstock 99. I always wanted to go to Lilith Fair. Oh, 100%. I also felt like... When Alanis and Jewel and Cheryl, they were probably just like, "This is why aren't we at Lilith?" <laughs> <laughs> this is not our crowd. I also used to go to this music festival um, a while back. It was in Arkansas, and it was so amazing. It was Ooh. called Wakarusa, and we would go for a few years in a row. And it was just like on this campground. You would camp out, and it was just so peaceful. Yeah. Everyone was so nice. Like it just was not crazy at all like this but I was always afraid that it would turn into something (laughs) like Woodstock but it never did but then there was one year where I guess they were in the hole because they never paid any of the employees and so they stopped having it because they like went bankrupt or whatever and it's just like stop do stop over promising yeah. and sucking just yeah. under like under promise over deliver yes you know that's how life should be like no one's asking you to put all of this on your shoulders just no. do what you can make it fun yep and then pay your fucking employees i want to go to coachella now well maybe not like now i want to go to another music festival before mm-hmm. i die yeah and I think, I don't think it's that crazy. Jake's parents went to Coachella when they had, like, the Who. They had, like, a bunch of older oh, rock bands. And they are like, oh, super chill. Like, we had our passes that was, like, kind of more geared to, like, an older crowd where it's, like, you go to this spot. That's and, what you know, I want. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, I don't need to be in the crowd yeah. moshing or anything, but... I, I like I love going to concerts. I mm-hmm. love listening to music. I don't mind camping, but I love that idea of like yeah. doing a fun thing. I definitely don't need to be in the crowd, mm-hmm. but I will. But if there's any mosh pit going on, I'm getting the fuck out. They talked about like the power dynamics, which I wasn't oh, really yeah. like focused on that. Mm-mm. I'm like, there is, I don't care that I can't afford like VIP passes. Yeah. You're like, I don't want to be backstage because no. I don't know what they were trying to prove a point to they were saying it made it sound like they were like people are raging because they can't afford VIP and I'm like yeah, I don't think that's, that's it not no. it no like no one I don't give a shit no and you said you're like if I went to Coachella I would be fine on the main grass I don't need yeah. to be behind the stage and I wouldn't get mad that Kylie Jenner's there no I that's where she belongs yeah. like whatever I think they were almost saying it as if, like, people only go to festivals now for, like, Instagram pictures and, like, to be seen in the VIP mm. area. And it's like, no, that is such a small percentage. I feel sorry of, if that's why you go. Yeah. What a waste of time and energy. Really? I don't know what that... I think he was trying to be, like, savvy with that little comment about like social it. media. Yeah. And I was just like, no, if you're going... And sleeping on the ground and shit, like, you better like the bands you're listening to. But I think it was a good documentary, and Mm -hmm. I definitely recommend it. It felt like that back then. Yeah. It definitely brought up a lot of, like, memories and Mm -hmm. feels, like, during that time. Artists, they were like that towards all of the women in the Mm -hmm. music industry. Mm -hmm. Like, Britney and Christina just literally shitting on anyone that they possibly could. And no one ever... Was like, hey man, relax. Like, yeah, no. what are you doing? It was always about like who they're fucking or like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, she's a slut. It felt it was very much like that, and 
I feel like that sentiment really just like always swings back and forth. Like we were saying in the mm-hmm. early nineties, it was more of like a sensitive man, yep. like Nirvana, like writing poetry and stuff. And then it always swings back the other way where it's like, you're a fucking pussy. Like I'm macho. I'm alpha. And then it's, you know, yeah, and then like by the early two thousands, it was like the hipster sensitive dude again. Yep. And then it was the fucking aggressive fucking incel dude again recently. It's Mm -hmm. like, why can't you be, like, just chill? Like, be out. If you want to be, like, alpha, be, like, super jock, fine, whatever. But just, like, chill it out. And also, I know you have a sensitive emotional side. Tap into that, too. It's Mm -hmm. fucking there. (laughs) You hating women is not cute. No. All right. Let's not bottle up our aggression and take it out on women. I feel like there's so many for this one. So many. It's very problematic. <laughs> yeah. Let's not take food and drink away from people at anything. I don't think it's necessary. Like, movie theaters, like, stadiums and stuff. If somebody is bringing food and or water from home, and I understand, like, alcohol and shit like that, mm-hmm. but... You know, maybe they had money for the ticket, but they don't have money for the outrageous $16 hot dog, you know? Like, stop denying people food and water at these events just because you want them to buy it there. If they're bringing home, like, a brown bag lunch, don't just let them have a fucking brown bag lunch. You mean, like, they can bring an ecstasy, but they can't bring in a tuna sandwich? Yeah. I agree. I like that one. Yeah. And plus, more than likely, they're going to buy something from the They're going to buy more. Like, they're going to get snacky. Yeah. They're going to want nachos yeah. and pretzels. Oh, yeah. Well, if you guys check this out, uh, let us know on our Instagram. Yes. We want to hear your thoughts. Do you know anyone who went to Woodstock 99? Joe actually works with a guy who went, and oh. they were talking about I was like, Joe, why didn't you tell me? I was like, we could have interviewed him. But he said that he went, like, Friday uh, slept in his tent and there wasn't anyone around and then mm-hmm. Saturday when he woke up there was just like tons of tents all oh, around whoa. him like just like that yeah well maybe and um, he said he had he had a good time like he remembers it being really fun not knowing like all the crazy shit that yeah. was happening I'm sure for a lot of people they didn't even realize a lot that was happening yeah. you know we will see you next week bye bye thanks for listening <laughs> <laughs> Let's Not Podcast is part of The Dorkening, which is a network dedicated for podcasters, a group of shows helping each other to grow, share ideas, collaborate, and innovate. You can check out more at thedorkening.com. And thank you to our sponsor, Deadly Grounds Coffee. Deadly Grounds Coffee is fresh roasted here in New England by skilled master roasters in a unique way that allows the true flavor of the bean to come through. It's coffee the way it was meant to be. Fresh, full, delicious. It's coffee to die for. Check them out at DeadlyGroundsCoffee.com.